Hello everyone and welcome to the Falcon of Footy podcast. My name is Clarky and joining me once again to talk footy, we've got Jesse. Hello. And Chris. Hello. Our gentlemen, this week we begin our, our team, our look at individual teams. And the first on the list, we've got the Adelaide Crows. And when we plan this, we know that we aren't the authorities. We don't know. We're from Victoria. Footy's all about Victoria. I didn't even know there were teams outside of Victoria. I don't know how we're getting reception outside the bubble, to be honest. That's it. So, thankfully, we do have an expert on hand, and it is the wonderful Baron Von Crow. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me, fellas. It's, um, it, you know, it's really, it's really nice to get someone who actually is going to be able to educate us a little bit on... On Adelaide. Uh, I, I can try to educate you, but sometimes there's no educating you Victorians. <laughs> yeah. Look, we, we, we know it all already, which is fair enough. <laughs> yeah, we invented football. You're welcome, actually. It's nice having a guest on who, who knows what they're talking about. Now, listeners of Valcomino that we've had Lek on um, already, and I still stand by that point I just made. It's nice to have somebody on who knows what they're talking about. <laughs> um, so, Baron, look, Baron... We want to talk about you. So, you go for the Adelaide Crows. How how long have you been going for them? Like, is it your whole life? Uh, since inception, yeah. Yeah, you were born born in the blue, yellow, and red. Exactly, came out. <laughs> so it wasn't jaundice. It was just part of the jersey. <laughs> That's good because there, there's only two options really for you guys, and the other one involves Ken Hinckley in the delivery room. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Koshi. Imagine Koshi being the first thing you see. And Hinkley in the delivery room with Josh Carr doing all the work. <laughs> so wh- why do you go for the Crows? Like, what, tell, tell us a little bit about that. It's probably a lot different than what you guys grew up with, with maybe, you know, your local suburb. The same way it was for me with the Sample, you know, you go for your local suburb. Whereas when the Crows came into the competition, that was like uniting an entire state. Every single football fan in a state went, we're going for the Crows. We're going to stick it up those Victorian sons of guns. I don't know if I can swear there, so I, I was very polite. Well, <laughs> this is this is not a school-friendly show. We encourage okay, it, to be honest. Um, so I was only very young then, so I hadn't experienced anything like that because every other sport I had been in, it's always territorial. You know, Everyone had their own teams, whereas this was like everyone you knew, that's our team, that's who we're going for, everyone who was into football. Yes, we're all going for the Crows. So it's probably nothing that would ever occur maybe again, except maybe something like the NBL where Tasmania came into the competition and it will be like that when they come into the AFL too, when an entire state will unite for the one team. Yeah, did you? so did you find that like you, you were immediately just in love with them or was it more of a, a hostage situation where it's <laughs> this, is, this is all about dividing borders, this is all about conquering Victoria? No, so I was... I was six years old when that came in, so I certainly wasn't as aware of the sort of Victorian angst that was in Adelaide at the time because to me it was just football. Uh, It was just a fun game you played. Uh, But as you grow up and as you get older and and you sort of come more aware of it and you get into it a little bit because – at the end of the day, I still it's a little bit of fun to have, a little antagonistic uh, <laughs> attitude to have to people. And, you know, Clarky, and we all do it at Jock Reynolds too. We all have yeah. little fun little digs at each other when we when we hang out and we play each other's teams and all those. Um, probably back in the 90s, it was not as lighthearted. Or, um, <laughs> you know, you can ask someone like Robert Shaw who had his uh, – house egged for having the goal to coach an Adelaide side while being born in Victoria. Um, <laughs> Trader. Yes, those kind of things. So it was probably a bit more uh, serious back in the 90s compared to what it is today. Yeah, it's, you know, it's really weird to think about it. And it, it's a good, good point to make where it's, I definitely, like we had a choice. Like I was born, like my, I inherited it from my, my father uh, he was a Melbourne man, and that was that was it. Like we grew up, and it was Melbourne. And then uh, my brother was the the one who switched teams, and he's an Essendon supporter. And that Poor was choice. Yeah, he and chose that, poorly. <laughs> not at the time. Good choice. I'll edit that out. True. It was good for him in two thousand, where he was not allowed in the house uh, for a <laughs> brief period of time, I believe. 
but sort of so growing up what what would you say is one of your your earliest memories of the Adelaide Football Club probably like a lot of people it was Tony Modra um yeah. and there's a reason they called him Godra because he was just he was like Elvis Presley in Memphis that's the <laughs> way to compare him like just everyone thought he was walk he could walk on water um and as a kid, he was doing things I could not believe, like the pack marks, the speckies, the goals. Just as a seven, eight-year-old, you're like, I didn't know a human being could do those things, kind of when you're watching it happen live. And um, then from there, it was players maybe like Mark Rusciuto, Andrew McLeod. Uh, they just, just captivate you when they play, you know. Um, even someone like uh, Ben Hart, who was, he looked like he was 17 years old even when he was 34 years old, just because he didn't <laughs> physically develop, but just the courage he had on the field just to... He would see Tony Lockett streaming at him and not flinch. Like, just that is... I can't comprehend that amount of courage because I would both shit my pants and run as fast <laughs> as I could away from that, you know? So it's those kind of things I grew up seeing that sort of shaped what I love about football um, just from watching the Crows. Just, yeah, uh, we- just quickly on, on Tony Modra, I have a, a, a short story about Tony Modra. So when I was about s- oh, seven or eight, um, so I'm a Western Bulldogs supporter and um, the Bulldogs are playing at Optus Oval and I can't remember if this was when Modra still played for Adelaide or when he his first season at Freo. I think it might have been his first season at Freo. Um, and we were playing against them and like got there quite early and me being a kid who didn't really know any better and who thought that Tony Modra was just like the greatest player in the league actually went over with my Bulldogs hat and got him to sign my Bulldogs hat. And I can remember oh. all of the Frio players just pissing themselves yeah. laughing and he was just like, <laughs> just had this huge grin on his face of like broken team boundaries. And I still had that hat with all of the Bulldogs team signed and then randomly Tony Modra <laughs> on the bill of the hat. Weirdly, Tony Modra probably the most <laughs> the most valuable signature on that. <laughs> There's lots of stories like that about him, though. Like, he had this odd thing about not caring about those kind of things. Like, if someone came up to him with a bulldog's hat and asked him to sign it, it would just be, okay, fine. Like, there's a story about he didn't even know who his forward assistant coach was at the time he was at Adelaide (laughs) because that was just sort of a football thing he didn't absorb, you know? Would you say, so, let's let's talk some favourite players. So, Tony Modra, probably going on your list of favourite yes, past or present he players. He would be number one. Yeah, number one. Let's 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 go with the top five. So, to the t- a tight top five. Top five. Number two is Eddie Betts because yeah, choice. he made me feel, as an adult, like Tony Modra did when I was a kid. Just the joy of football and being amazed. And when you get older, you get cynical and you... <laughs> yeah. But just in those moments when Eddie Betts did those things that he did, it felt like I was a kid again, just being amazed by someone who could do those things. So he's number two easily. Uh, number three is Andrew McLeod because he was just smooth in everything he did, just oh, yeah. smooth. And you don't see many players like that around. Um, number four, ooh, that's tough. I'm, I'm, I always go tend to go for older players because – it's like the Michael Jordan principle I talk about. You're more influenced by who you see as a kid than who you do see later on usually. Uh, yeah. So Mark Rusciuto would be number four. I think he's terrible in most everything he does post-football career, but <laughs> as a player, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> yep. Um, number five, I'll say Patrick Dangerfield, and that may be contentious to some, but I watched him in that last game he played for us against Hawthorne and I could tell how much Adelaide meant to him because he was he was not celebrating leaving. He was in tears almost, you could tell. And he was you could tell that was a type of decision leaving that tore him up, I think. And that maybe that might be me projecting, but I think so. And again, he was a player where I never doubted for one second when he was in a Crows Guernsey that he didn't give 100%. I saw him barely being able to walk because he just got smashed so hard and he would still try and get to that next contest. 
And that's just something that you just can't not admire when you see a football player do that. Yeah. The the weird thing is now he still struggles to walk, but I think that's an age thing. That's yeah. <laughs> that's that's because he's been old. smashed ten thousand times <laughs> he's in been a football contest. For, for over a decade. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, we'll probably speak about that more in the Geelong episode, but I, I agree. Dangerfield, when he was playing for Crows, was the player skill aside. The amount of heart he played with, you'd mm. want him to play for your for your club. So I can definitely understand why Adelaide fans were so pissed off and disappointed when he left. But I, I grab I remember watching the game and he was he was genuinely heartbroken. And look, around that time, like the club went through some tough times. Mm. So him leaving, he knew that that was you know more damaging to the club as well. I've always I, I don't know to, to me he he summed up Adelaide quite well. Adelaide's always seemed like a really chill club. So when they're not chill and they do a power stance, it seems really out of character. And I think that's why it felt so weird. Because you look at, like, their history of some of their plays and stuff like that. They've just been, like, heart and soul club. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've got a soft spot for Adelaide. Yeah, I think that nobody that you've said in that top five have I gone, ooh, maybe. Yeah. They're, like, people who are who are once and still prolific in football, like, as not just media personalities now in the case of, you know, Mark Rusciuto, whether you, whether you like or hate him, and you probably hate him because of the obvious reasons, but, you know, him being there is still important as somebody who's historic to the game. And Eddie Betts as well. Most immaculate vibes of the entire AFL. This whole episode could have been about Eddie Betts. This could have been <laughs> yeah. 90 minutes of Eddie. We'll do this one and then the Carlton one, double Eddie <laughs> Betts episode. We'll do an Eddie special in between. I... I just have one question. How close to the top five was Kurt Tippett? Because I'm surprised he's not in there. I would rank him probably just outside my top ten. Oh, wow. That's genuinely surprising. Yeah. He was a very good player. Um, I don't necessarily blame him for what occurred because that's the type of situation where the adult in the room who was running the club should not go along with the things that were proposed in that scenario. Um, so to put that as a one-sided, he's a traitor kind of thing is not something I've ever agreed with. He was free to leave and we agreed to his terms on him leaving. Um, so that doesn't necessarily make him a bad person. Uh, the people who agreed to those terms were morons, shall we say. Um <laughs> Shall we say? Indeed. But, no, so that that kind of thing has never um, – I follow the NBA, so player movement is probably much less personal to me than some other people because that's just a part of sports nowadays. So when Jake Lever left, when Mitch McGovern left, those kind of guys, it was just, okay, well, you, to me it was we just move on to the next player who who's going to come in. Um, yeah. yeah, it feels difficult with um, – especially – with South Australia, where you guys you guys have basically two teams, right? And you're you're tribed into one of those two, so I think it feels a lot worse as well for some supporters when somebody say moves across those state lines. Like I remember the Jake Lever stuff. Like, I love Jake Lever. I loved him at the Crows, and I love him at Melbourne. And I I still remember like us getting him and me going yes, and then spending the next six months going like you know even I think the next time we played you guys it was very prolific in the in the booze that he was yeah. receiving. Mm. And that was another situation where it's just like someone needs to be an adult in this scenario and no one was. And it's like I, it astounds me sometimes that football clubs can have people who aren't mature in positions of power. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, But it does become very territorial in that regard and it's, well, if you're not with us, you're against us. And I can understand if you're deep in a football club how that, perception or attitude can evolve but that's kind of why the people in the administration department need to step in and have that sort of more uh 360 view of the club not just we're playing week to week kind of thing now look we're talking adelaide crows and we're speaking very generally at the moment so i'd I'd be remiss in not asking you about that goal call for 2023 in in terms of, from an Adelaide fan perspective, obviously, objectively for us, you know, we even I remember seeing it going, that's that might be the worst thing that I've ever seen. Chris Clark, you guys agree it was a goal. 
goal. The goal. Yeah, the goal. I was I was watching it live and I was yeah. like, oh, oh wow, he's kicked it. And yeah. then when the umpire signaled behind, I was like, hang on, wait, what? Cool. I just wanted to make sure they were all sane. All of a sudden, play was resuming, and I was just like, what why? Do you need? Has the rules changed again? <laughs> yeah, so I was at that game, and I didn't even <laughs> see the play go on because I was too busy celebrating and high-fiving oh everyone oh, around no. me. And then oh. I turned around, and um, we're just like, what the fuck? What, what happened? Why is play still going? Because... Uh, Baron didn't get that- to the end of the game because he was on the phone to crime stoppers. Yeah, <laughs> I, I felt like a bit of a dickhead actually because I'm too. I'm like, yeah, he's fucking kicked it, yes, and I'm high fiving everyone, and then people are like, eh, turn around, you moron, this play, play on. <laughs> Classic that was such wise. a crime as well because Adelaide and look, we'll speak more about like Adelaide's year, I guess. Adelaide were one of the most entertaining teams oh, to watch yeah. this year, and yeah, obviously as a, as a supporter, you want Adelaide to get to the finals, but as like a neutral supporter whose team never play finals, I wanted Crows to make the finals to be for it to be entertaining to watch. Who came, who went through instead? Was it Sydney? Yeah, I think it, was it was Sydney. Sydney I'm yeah. Sure. yeah, I think it was Sydney. And what the fuck did they do? Nothing. <laughs> Adelaide could have mixed things up. Do it again. <laughs> Replay the finals. I wasn't. Yeah, I yeah. wasn't thrilled with the result. At the end. Let's we'll try it again <laughs> until we get it right. Yeah, I mean. I think 2023 really, really showed a great leap forward for you guys in terms of the young talent coming through, um, as well as just a a bit of maturity around your game plan. I think it felt a little bit less sort of like a roller coaster watching Adelaide and going, I don't understand why they're not doing well. It was a bit like, okay, I see what they're trying to do. And sometimes it's going to be successful and sometimes it's not. But I think generally, like, I actually enjoyed watching the Crows play this year. Yeah, it was a little bit less of um, trying to plug games up a bit, which we did last year, or just turn them into contested slugfests. Like, you know, they, they went, I think at one point in the middle of the year, they brought in Matt Crouch and Jackson Haley as their wingmen, like, because they were just so obsessed with contested and just winning that at all costs. So from that point of view, they they opened it up a bit more. And I think having someone like Isaac Rankin in the forward line helps that a bit because you feel a bit more comfortable just getting the ball in 50 because, well, he could pull something out there. Um, and obviously Taylor Walker still having a very good year uh, helped in that regard as well. Um, so I think the first two years was very much, I call it the fundamentals where they just wanted to bed down the fundamentals of contested footy, defensive footy. And once you get those going, you can start opening it up a bit more feeling a bit more confident that if it doesn't work out, you've got those basic fundamentals bedded down so you can stop the other side while being a bit riskier with your ball movement as well. So I'm going to ask, got a bench, med sub or play, Josh Rochelle, Isaac Rankin, Rory Laird. Uh, I would bench Rochelle, sub Laird and start Rankin. I love it. Ooh. I love it. I know we. I love Josh Rochelli. That's spicy. I love He's Josh so Rochelle. good. I've said this before, and I'll I will say it again. Josh Rochelli is my favorite non Bulldogs player. Yeah, he's. I I am so. I think he's got so much potential. I think the duo of him and Rankin is going to be absolutely yeah. deadly. And my favorite thing about him was, and especially his first year, it was just someone who you could tell was loving playing football. Like yes. it's, that's yep. I love watching that. It's some 19, 20 year old kid who hasn't had the joy of football beat out of him by a coach who's like, Oh, you didn't run the lines correctly. Oh, that was a piss poor defensive effort. You know, it was just someone who he kicks the goal and it's the greatest moment in his life. Like yes. that's that's fun to watch. You can tell Clarky um host this show because I would have said fuck Mary Kill. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I mean, assume same. Do you want do you want to play again, Barry? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'd all, we'd all marry Rochelle, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, now you've really put me on the spot here. <laughs> um, oh, God. No, I'm going to have to come back on that one because I can't just answer that off the top of my head. Yeah, you can't fuck lead. He'll do an injury. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we are going to also be conducting some reviews about your club. Baron, while you're here. We'll call, it, we'll call it an audit. A falcon audit, if you will. <laughs> So uh, I hope that I hope that you came prepared and you got the checklist that we pre-emailed. Uh, don't don't check your emails. That's fine. So Jesse, I'm checking out your team vibes. Vibes. Team vibes. And vibes is probably the incorrect term to use here because I want to have a look at your song. I want to have a look at your mascot slash logo and just 
some notable um, supporters of the club, barring yourself excluded, of course. Uh, just to get the it's not notable. No, 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 because you are notable because we've already mentioned you. God damn it, Clarkson. Um, just to get the overall like general vibes in the club. Now, this is obviously the first episode of this, and I was like, oh, I wonder how much detail I'll get about different songs. I'm glad we started Adelaide because I found some things that were absolutely fascinating. I found the first incarnation of your team's song when they yeah. came into the league. In I know where this is going already. <laughs> the Camry Crows. Yeah, yeah. So the original song was an absolute simp for their sponsor, Toyota. Um, I believe even nowadays, a lot of people refer to your mascot as Camry. Um, mm-hmm. Camry the Crow. So you guys thump talks in your first game. 86 points. What a way to start. But then none of your team... Uh, None of, you, none of your players really knew the song. I have the lyrics here. I'm not going to sing it. I would just speak it in a jaunty tone. No, please do. You have the floor. <laughs> I was going to, but I won't. I've never heard a song that had direct digs at other clubs as much as this. They're windy up on Windy Hill. There ain't no sauce for the pies. The Hawks have had their wings clipped because we're reaching for the skies. The Lions have stopped their roaring. The Bulldogs have lost their bite. The Blues have got a case of the Blues, and here's the reason why. Here we go, here we go, Camry Crows, here we go, here... They really lost any sort of inspiration at this point. We there in the square, no to nose, revving hard till the siren goes. We're the new boys with so much to show, bringing greetings from the ever-loving Adelaide. Gonna tread on a few people's toes, because we're here, we go, Camry Crows. Oh, what a feeling, Camry Crows. That is a brilliant piece of corporate synergy. Introduced to the AFL. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Blue with my fucking mind. Were those things written by Pitbull? The Blues have got a case of the Blues? <laughs> Mr. 305. But like, I was writing on a deadline. That's all they could have time to come with. Blues. Have the Blues. Okay, next team. We need, we need a first line. Can anyone think of anything? Yeah, fuck Essendon. All right, that's the first one. What's the next one? Yeah, not we found the pies. Yeah, all right, I got that one. Like, What should we do for stanza two? Deport the demons. What? <laughs> it's a good thing they didn't do it in the modern AFL. You'd be there 10 minutes while they list off every bloody team. <laughs> now, obviously, you know, you guys were called the Camry Crows, but nowadays you, you were referred to as the Crom. Um, now, I was looking on the Crows Wikipedia page because let's face it, I'm going to do, I'm going that far for my research here. <laughs> and I saw that Crom was highlighted blue. And I'm like, oh. Okay, because normally when something's highlighted blue, it's a little bit, you know, it's not it's not often a good thing. The Chrome page on Wikipedia is just two things. The entomology one is the name. It's uh, in the US, Chrome is ranked uh, 36,691 in common surnames. And entomology two, from a typo of, uh, from a Crow's game that appeared on the live broadcast of an AFL game. Crom might be my favourite, like, accidental nickname. It's a good time. It's fun to say. Four months this year, I saw people calling him the Crom, and I was too afraid to ask. Because I feel like... I'm, <laughs> often I'm, in AFL discussions, I feel, I'm, I'm like, I should know more about this. And I feel like maybe everyone's been calling them Crom the whole time, and nobody told me, and they're against me. Do I hate Adelaide? Is that what's happening? No, it's just I'm an idiot. I'm going to um, be honest, I've just found out for the first time where it came from, from you explaining that. Hey, I did not have any idea. I'm Baron, where do you rate Chrome? Are you happy with Chrome? I don't use it personally, but I'm not against anyone who decides. I think it's it's probably a bit one of those things where I'm like, I wish the origination of it was a bit more creative or or just, you know, better than some old dude who can't spell. You know, <laughs> would you rather be called the Crom or the Camry Crows? <laughs> oh, what a feeling! Um, just because of that feeling, no. Um, <laughs> I do remember we used to be called the Cows as well for a good while because of the. Um, I don't know if you guys you probably didn't see it, but there's a old Snickers advert, and it was a ripoff of the American one where um, the guys spray painting the logo on the field, the Adelaide Crows logo, and. Uh, he finishes and he steps back to look at it admiringly and Mark Rusciuto comes up to him and says, oh, that's pretty good, mate, but who are the cows? And the guy looks back down at the logo and it says Adelaide cows on the logo instead of crows. Um, and the guy's just like, oh, hoodly doodly, and starts eating the <laughs> Snickers to um, 
I, I, actually, I actually remember that ad. I feel like you just unlocked some sort of core memory yeah. for me. I love that that's where Marcus should have criticism started. <laughs> he waited for him to finish and then went, mate, you, you've spelt the cows there. You've- I also like how much of your club history is based on simple typos. <laughs> yes. We used to also have another one. Um, there was a yogurt brand um, and they had David McKay as the sponsor. And I think it was Moo Yogurt. So for a brief period, he was known as Moo K uh, because of that sponsorship. Love it. <laughs> I'm going to find all these ads and I'll put them up on our, um, on our Twitter. <laughs> I now, told you, it's all corporate synergy. That's what we're about here at Adelaide. Just corporate <laughs> synergy and tying in as much as we can. Well, you've also tied in with the US Marines because your current song is based on the US Marines hymn. Um, I've had a look through the lyrics. Of it, and look, a few of them stand out, respected by our foes. Mm, come on, have, have a bit more balls than that. Uh, admiration of the nation. Let's not go too far. We like the crom, but let's just... <laughs> Ease it up. Um, Pride of South Australia, obviously, because you're the only... I think of all the two state... Also, the two team states, Adelaide has... Or South Australia has the clearest delineation between good and evil. There's clearly one good team and clearly one evil team being Port Adelaide. So, Pride of South Australia, I'll, I'll cop. I didn't know that there was a second verse, so... Yeah, no one bothers with that second verse. Um, I can't even remember the last time it was played. Most times they just replay the first verse again. So, Well, I mean, this is going to be a criticism I have of club songs throughout this whole series we're doing, is, look, if the team doesn't want to sing it, don't make them. I'm sick of teams half-assing it and singing it like three times as fast and skipping out parts. Because I, next time Adelaide win, I need them to have their inst- little instrumental. I expect them to have a little flute or guitar or ukulele or whatever they need. And then jumping to, we give our best from coast to coast where the story will be told. As we fight the rugged battles, the flag will be our goal. Our skill and nerve will see us through. Our commitment ever grows with the pride of South Australia. So on and so forth. And then it ends with a really mighty Go Crows. I would like that. Like to see that um, make a comeback. That will help with the song vibe. My favourite part about the song is um, after uh, our determination shows, there's a brief brief gap in the song where you get time to go (laughs) (laughs) i'm a big fan of the yeah it's not even part of the song officially as far as i'm aware but it's just fun to make that noise and that brief little gap you get so sometimes you got to do it really quick you gotta go like (laughs) other times you can stretch it out a bit more but yeah, that's my favorite part of the song this is getting very reminiscent of the the old man being interviewed by Today, tomorrow, barking <laughs> like a dog. I think any song that allows you to go absolutely ape mode, yeah, is good. And, and then at the end, you can do the mildly Adelaide Crows, and you can go a woo or whatever you want, right? At go the crow. end, too. yeah. Moving on to your logo slash mascot. Look, inoffensive. Camry the Crow has uh, has been on your your most of your Guernseys throughout throughout the time. Uh, I do enjoy the one where he was like a little cartoon character, a little fella holding the ball. Big, big fan of that. I'd bring that back. Run along. Um, now, nowadays, it's just his head, and you got the traditional colours. The Guernsey itself remained pretty standard, though I did have a look through, um, say, your best and worst, and I think the worst one was a bit of a busy away jumper used in 06, 07, which had the stripes, the bird carrying the, carrying the crow on, on it, and then these weird, like, diagonal red stripes along the side. One of the busiest jumpers, but honestly, not the worst I've ever seen. I think you guys have remained pretty consistent there. This is my fashion review of your club. (laughs) Um, Speaking of fashionable people, though, some famous supporters. Everyone, Leighton Hewitt. Yes, he's the number one ticket holder, I believe. Uh, Guy Sebastian. Yes. Does everyone remember with uh, when Leighton Hewitt and Andrew McLeod were best friends and then they had a, a falling out? Was it those two? No, it was uh, Tyson Edwards and Andrew McLeod who had the falling out thought... because of Leighton Hewitt. Oh, it was, that's, I knew he was Wait, he was yes. mixed into it somehow. How did that What, what did that what? happen? It was um, <laughs> something to do with the wives were both friends with Leighton Hewitt's wife. Uh, they're um, not allowed to play together anymore. Beck Hewitt, friend of the show. They... Some, I can't remember the specifics of what happened, but it led to Tyson and Andrew, I don't think, ever speaking again, even when they were teammates. Yeah, they were, they were best friends, and then all of a sudden, yeah, yeah there was, it was, it was I think they, they weren't both talking at all. picked sides with their wives, as you do with your wives, obviously. Um, and yeah, I don't think Tyson Edwards has had much to do with the Crows since he retired, to be honest. 
Uh, and then the next most famous one was um, Adam Scott, the golfer, not the actor. Yes, that is right. He's also one. <laughs> Very disappointing when I just looked that up. <laughs> uh, but Adam Scott. <laughs> Clarky, oh. Clarky and Chris, I want to ask you guys a question. From as an outsider point of view, what are your thoughts on sort of Crow's crowds? Adelaide Oval is one of my favourite venues in terms of like when you see it on TV, good vibes. Would love to go. Yeah, I, I really want to go to Adelaide Oval. I think I said this in one of the previous episodes. I don't want to go when the Bulldogs are playing there, though, because I don't feel like I'll make it out alive. No. Um, so that's a, that's a, that's my vibe check on Adelaide fans. Is I haven't had any issues with them, but I'm I'm cautious. I know like three Adelaide fans, and they're all good good people. So I would say generally the crowd seems good, and also uh, we'll go more into it when we get to uh, the other lesser. Uh, uh, South Australian team, but never tear us apart. Super cringe. <laughs> Adelaide, Adelaide don't have that already immediate like <laughs> top. Like, I think something we're going to find with this series is you know we know a lot of people who who are very dedicated to certain clubs. We don't know anyone who goes to Port Adelaide, and between now and then, we're not going to find anyone who goes to Port Adelaide. It's going to be ninety minutes of us bagging the shit out of Port Adelaide. I'm pretty stoked for that, to be honest. <laughs> I'm Maybe we forward. can get. Maybe we can get Chad Wingard on the episode. He's not doing anything. <laughs> no, he can't be on a podcast. He bit half his tongue off. Oh, he did too. Sorry about that. Yeah, he um, can't speak anymore. As a member of that crowd, how do you rate the the Crow vibe? I, I've always found it perfectly fine. Um, like any club, you have a small section of dickheads, uh, but that's kind of True. football in general. It doesn't matter what team you are and how good the crowds are. There will always be a subset of uh, idiots um so yeah it's always been very kind and welcoming to me um i started going to uh footy park by myself i didn't have any friends to go with so i went by myself and i found no he's look you what can't see it. Clark, he's giving me a little sad face like what? he feels sorry for me <laughs> no no mate i little, chose little crow on his own to go by myself but no i made friends so says with everyone the- who goes to anything on their own <laughs> i chose this <laughs> this is a life i leave now you I'm don't a become a baron by having friends. <laughs> <laughs> mm, good point. So, yeah, uh, everyone in the crowd was who I was sitting with were super nice and welcoming to me. So I have friends I go with now, I swear. <laughs> uh, listeners at home, uh, we, we can see them on camera and I can't see any of them behind them. I can't so see no. a single friend <laughs> in no. his house. Not a single one. We're just bringing on a guest to bully them at this yeah. point now. <laughs> I, well, okay, let's, let's... Sorry, uh, I did... Oh, okay. I was gonna. I was gonna just ask uh, before we move on too far from uh, logos and uniforms. Baron, do you have a favourite Crows jersey? Uh, I quite like the uh, gather round one from this year, uh, which was a strong alternate of um, one we've used in the past. Um, some of the Indigenous uh, round Guernseys that have been uh, done, I think, are really, really good. Uh, obviously, I think the the home Guernsey is nice as well. So, yeah, that would probably be the ones off the top of my head. We had a um, a few from about 2010. The home Guernsey was rubbish because they started putting in the sides like a blue paneling. So the hoops were just stripes, not stripes. hoops. Um, so there was a large period there where the home Ow. Guernsey wasn't good, but they they brought the the hoops back now. So it's all it's all fine. I'm looking at that gather round jersey, and you are correct in saying that's an absolute fire jersey with the. Yeah. Uh, that crow- could be my second favorite logo after that um, charcoal GWS one. That looks sick. Yeah, it's almost like a like your the Chrome version of a stealth Guernsey, but it's got like the the crow for listeners at home in this <laughs> audio medium. It's a uh, navy, and it's got a yellow and red outline of a crow on the front. Mac, look it up. Just look Mac it up. It. You're on your phone probably when you listen to this. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to fucking describe every picture we see. Yeah. We could. We Google the- exists for a reason, people. You don't expect us to do all the work for you. I went on Wikipedia and clicked some blue links, okay? The least <laughs> yeah. you could do is Google the Chrome jersey <laughs> from Gather Round. Because, yeah, it is very, very cool. So, look, we've spoken AFLM. I want to I want to ask about your W team at this point. The w, yes, yeah, getting your, plenty your of Ws. Girls. Oh, absolutely! Recent premiership in twenty twenty three. Yes, twenty twenty two. Sorry, uh, season s- season six, I believe. Yeah, you beat us 
And yes. I, I can see now, I can remember now as it comes flooding back to me why I blocked that out of my brain. <laughs> um, yeah, you're, hey, the Adelaide women's absolutely like one of the best teams in the competition for years now and still look strong. Yep, I think they just uh, finished the minor premiers for the year. Yep. So. Boo. <laughs> Sorry, that just slipped out. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have a favorite player from your AFLW team? Uh, that's tough because I do like um, Chelsea Randall is Great a choice. fantastic player. Um, Ebony Marinoff obviously is just fantastic a machine in the midfield. Erin um, Phillips, when she did play for us, uh, Again, was she probably showed where the AFLW can be in four or five years' time in terms of uh, she was a full-time professional athlete coming into a game, and once the women uh, get to that level where they will be eventually, where they can do this full-time, uh, I think that's the, the type of players you'll be seeing more of in the AFLW. Yeah. Jesse, Chris, I don't know if you guys have some f- favourite players, but I can't go past Anne Hatchard at any time. Just... What an absolute jet. Um, Daniel Ponter as well. Just there's a lot a lot of talent on that list and they're scary every year. <laughs> I don't I don't see them dropping off. I mean, for me it'd be Marinoff as well. I think that's a pretty easy answer though. Yeah. Um I don't see them dropping off anytime. So I don't, I don't see Melbourne, Adelaide, or Brisbane dropping off anytime soon. <laughs> they will once our teams get raided at some point. They were when all the, the new teams came through. But this is probably a good time to segue into Chris. Chris, you were tasked with bringing up some memories for Baron of grand finals gone, grand finals maybe to be. Oh, suddenly yes. uh, my, my headphones aren't working too well here. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost um, of grand finals passed. Kind of touched on, obviously, the most recent Adelaide premiership was the AFLW one in 2022. Um, and, yeah, Adelaide women's team, the only only team in the women's league to have won multiple premierships that the the most successful club in the AFLW to date so far. Um, 2017, 2019, 2022, and probably the big call-out, you touched on Erin Aaron Phillips, 2017, 2019, both seasons she won the league MVP for the season and the Norm Smith equivalent, and in 2019 did that despite tearing her ACL in the third quarter, which is just Ow. insane. Yeah, I mean, look, if you want to measure success by, you know, stats and winning things i guess you could say the adelaide aflw team is the most successful i guess but and that well, always um, surprised me a bit too because the men's team in particular became so dysfunctional um and it was i had some reservations well some a lot many a great <laughs> bushel full a huge wheelbarrow load of uh, concerns uh, that that sort of dysfunction would carry over. But I think they've done a fantastic job of developing their own team and their own culture and their own style. Uh, that the, the men's team need to not not uh, copy, but that's the level they need to get their team at. That's um, it's a good segue into what was the last uh, AFL men's grand final appearance, which was... Uh, 2017, most notable for it's the year that Richmond broke their premiership drought, um, which then just gave us all a few years of pain and misery. Um, Some days more than others. Sorry, Baron. (laughs) They did it quite comfortably in this game. It was also obviously, um, Jesse alluded to this earlier, it was was notable for the the power stance um, before the game from Tex, and um, he led that, and then became infamous for the the off-season training camp, uh, which, as you said, the club, the men's team kind of was was very dysfunctional at that point. Baron's um, like, just bring up the grand final win. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, give me something. Well, I mean, while we're talking about, like, how, how was that going through that for you, Baron? Because obviously, like, every team gets its controversies, especially in the off-season, right? Like, it's there's nothing going on and the media wants to just pick apart whoever seems the weakest. How like what what were your thoughts when the power stance was happening, uh, and as everything sort of came to light, was it was it a bit like oh, I never expected this? Like, did you sort of go oh okay, right, we need to change this? It was weird because during the year we didn't. Uh, when I say we, I mean as the fans or in the media, that whole uh, collective mind things wasn't really spoken about at all. 
Um, and when they did the power stance, I, I remember the first two finals when they did it at Adelaide Oval, everyone in the crowd was just kind of like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> it kind of looked like they had someone who shoved a rod up their asses because they just had this weird sort of uncomfortable arched back look to them. Um, but, you know, then the siren went and the game began and we won. So it was like, okay, well, no big deal. Um, and then it became this odd thing in the lead up to the grand final of, or will they do it or won't they do it? And I was just kind of like, well, it doesn't really matter either way. Like it's, I don't know, it wasn't much of anything to me. And then once they lost, it became a whole huge thing, which again, I don't think that was the reason they lost. It was some sort of, and people say it was to intimidate the opposition, which from the way they described it, that was not the intent at all. It was to psych themselves up for it, which, Mm. but the whole thing was you can't apply blanket rules to players or people in general on how to motivate them, how to psych them up, how to do anything to get a player or a person to respond to something, which the way collective minds went about everything was a very blanket sort of thing of you do this and this is the response you'll get, you know? Um, and at the time, it was developing through the preseason, like pretty much weeks after leaks started coming out and people started hearing stories of what went on in that camp. And it's not the sort of, you know, when you hear leaks and it comes from Tom Brown or John Ralph or whatever, you know, and you kind of go, well, he could be making shit up. But this is like, this this is just spreading everywhere, you know, and you're hearing stories from people you know who know things and you're like well shit this could be real and then the reaction to it i even had discussions with the ceo of the crows around the time because i sent an email saying like this is fucked up if this is true you know and i'm hearing from people who've told me things that have been true in the past and the response i got back was no no it's nothing it's 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 exaggerated, blah, 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 blah. Don't worry about any of it. And you can understand why the media kept hammering on it because this isn't a scenario where it's, uh, you know, just someone saying something in passing conversation. This is players trying to find the only way they can to voice what went on and their unhappiness with what went on because the coaches and the administration just are not it's not even a case of they're not listening. They just refuse to even try and understand their concerns, you know? Uh, so that part in particular is very touchy with me. Not, And it's a weird thing to say I'm not upset at the Crows or it didn't change my uh, fandom of the Crows mm. because to me the Crows are not the people who sit in the office tower, you know? The, the Crows are the fans, the Crows are the players, the Crows are the coaches. Um, so it's not a thing to say you still support the Crows through a situation like that, but the support I had was for the players and, you know, the people who were trying to do the right thing within the admi- administration that were getting shut down and shut out because egos are involved and people can't admit they made mistakes and whatever all that is. So it's... um. It's not something I would rather go through again if I can avoid it because it, it <laughs> yeah, and I can only imagine like it made me not like football. So I can only imagine yeah. how bad that is for the players who have to try and play in those um, those conditions, you know? Yeah. yeah. On, on to happier memories. Um, well, for you, not so much for me. Um, <laughs> casting and I all the way back to the late 90s, 1997, 1998, the the only two AFL premiership wins for Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Um, in both years, you beat the Western Bulldogs in the prelim. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, famously, <laughs> in 1997, when Libba celebrated what he thought was the winning goal in the last quarter, jumped into Luke Darcy's arms, and uh, I think it would have put us almost 30 points up or something, and yep. then it was ruled a behind, and... Then and Luke Darcy's been a salty little bitch at Crows ever since. <laughs> Don't worry, all of us have. All of us have. Uh, and then Adelaide went on to kick the next four goals to finish off the game and win by two points. Um, Got him. 
1998 wasn't quite as close. She's won by about 68 in that one. So just was was much more uh, consolidated in that one. Uh, but 1997, um, both years you were down by, you were down at halftime. Um, 1998 against North in particular, you were kind of getting dominated. Mm-hmm. Uh, North just weren't kicking goals. Um, halftime, they were at, they'd kicked something like 15 behinds to halftime. It was insane. Yeah, something ridiculous like that. It was yeah, six, it was like six goals, or something. Yeah. yeah. Just- um, and you were down by four goals and then just came out and absolutely blitzed them in the second half. And the same thing happened the year before um, against St Kilda where you were down by about 13 points at halftime and then in the second half kicked 14 goals one and the one behind was a rushed behind, which is crazy. Cool. Yeah. Um, to to get the, the flag. What are your kind of memories of the 97-98 grand finals? I didn't actually get to watch those live because I had basketball grand finals on the same day. So How could they? I know. And we were it was a scenario where we were literally calling timeouts to run into the <laughs> canteen area to check the score. Like we weren't even doing anything to do with basketball. Like the coach would call a timeout and all the players would run off the court to check the scores. <laughs> and then we'd just quickly check it and run back to the court and keep playing. Um so I didn't watch them live, but I remember driving home from basketball, and we won both championships too that year, by the way. Go hot shots. Ooh, oh. <laughs> double. Um, a fabled double. Yeah, and, and we were driving double, double. home, um, and just it was pandemonium. Like everyone was driving around in their cars, hanging out the window, screaming at every single car driving past and people waving flags and just – just pure craziness. Um, and I was excited as hell because we'd won our grand final and the Crows had won their grand final. And it was just, I celebrated as hard as a 13 year old could by having a few red cordials and just nice. <laughs> off the walls. Oh, mate. you should have seen me, the sugar high I was on. <laughs> Still hasn't recovered. But yeah, that uh, was, um, again, it would probably be a lot different if we had a one in 2017 because a lot more uh, alcoholic beverages would have been consumed and I probably would have <laughs> forgotten everything as it was a lot of alcoholic beverages were consumed but just uh, for different reasons but um yeah it was just it was just craziness it's um when I was when I was kind of looking back on these grandfathers because I remember watching him as a kid um there were a couple of things that stuck out to me, and that was that obviously Andrew McLeod won the Norm Smith in both games, first player in history to win consecutive Norm Smiths. The only one to do it since has been Dusty in 2019 and 2020. Um, but the interesting thing is that it's, it's, the, the grand finals almost mirrored each other where the move that essentially changed the game at halftime both years was moving Andrew McLeod from half forward into the midfield, and that was what changed the game in both grand finals was he just absolutely dominated from halftime onwards and that was what won him the Norm Smith and basically what won the, the, the flag both years for the Crows too. Yeah, and it's it's kind of amazing watching him in those because he, he makes it look so effortless what he did. Just Yeah. Um, and you can it's one of those weird things where you can tell he's playing hard but it's not like he's playing hard, if you know what I mean. Like it's just uh, just pure skill that he's displaying. Um I think both years as well. Obviously, uh, Darren Jarman uh, in in the fourth quarters is uh, massive in both. Uh, in '97, Shane Ellen uh, because we lost Tony Modra that year. Um, just I think he's kicked six goals in his career, and he kicked five of them in a grand final. You know, <laughs> like um, and then just other players like Troy Bond in '97. I think was a bit underrated what he did towards the end there with a few uh, handy goals. Someone like Peter Caven who I think in 98, especially in the second half, really tightened up on Carey. Um, Kim Costa as well is another one who probably doesn't get as much plaudits as he should for what he did in those teams, uh, even a young Kane Johnson and Simon Goodwin as well. Um, and Sean Rand, obviously, as well, um, was always a very solid ruckman, even after he's uh, wrecked his knees a bit. Um, so, yeah, there was a, a, a lot, of, lot of players who... Uh, probably turned that first half form around to help Matthew Robbery as well. He was um I don't think he was ever really a great football player. He could just kick at 70 meters off one foot, so that always uh, helps especially Trent McKenzie rule. Yeah, especially back in the <laughs> um in the 90s, you know, where it was a bit more uh, uh open 
fields because, you know, everyone stuck to their positions a bit more. So, yeah, yeah both those years, I think um, that 98 one was probably a lot more luck involved than 97 because, as you said, you know, North Melbourne probably could have shut that out at halftime by being 10 goals up yeah. uh, realistically. Uh, but, yeah, you I guess you can only take what you're given in those uh, scenarios. Hey, wins you, um, and win, baby. Yeah, exactly. You you briefly mentioned Tony Modra there, and we were spoken. We were talking about him earlier in the episode. Um, when I was I was looking at these grand finals, it actually shocked me to learn that he didn't play in either. So mm. he he did his ACL in the prelim against us in '97. Then '98, he got dropped after the qualifying final loss to Melbourne to Clarkie's boys. Uh, and then was never recalled, and that was the last game he played for the Crows. It was it shocked me to think that yeah that he was at kind of the peak of his powers at that point. He was one of the most dominant forwards in the AFL and didn't get to play in either premiership. Yeah, Mark Rashudo missed that ninety-seven one as well. Yeah, um, you could almost make an argument that him missing the ninety-seven was almost enough of a, a switcheroo or a type of move where it allows you to pull something out of your hat like a Shane Ellen suddenly popping up at full forward that mm. you just don't have time to prepare for as a coach because realistically you probably don't know what someone like Malcolm Blight's going to do because he's the type of guy who would do those kind of things and he had enough confidence in himself and he'd already lost three grand finals by that point so I don't think it was anything he was super afraid of occurring again. Um, so, yeah, as a coach I imagine you could, you'd probably go, oh, Matthew Robin will play full forward or something like that because he's a tall guy. Um, so I don't think you would expect it would be Shane Ellen. It, it is the the element of surprise that you you remove a player, a focal point like Modra, and all of a sudden you become unpredictable. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting way of, of thinking about it. It's tactics, baby. <laughs> That's what I do. Never let them see me coming. <laughs> so we'll move it on. Baron. Now, we're going to need your help to do this. Okay. But we have come up with an idea to create the ultimate Adelaide Crows player. Okay. Which uh, Jesse, uh, I'll, I'll credit him with the, the name <laughs> for this one, the Falconstein. You can even pronounce it right. <laughs> you butchered it. The Falconstein. Falconstein. Falkenstein? <laughs> oh, is that what you were trying to say? I honestly did not Falcons know you were going for Falkenstein. Frankenstein. Holy sh! Wait, wait, hold up, hold up, Doctor Pepper. Hold up, hold up, cut that, cut that, cut that. Hold up. No, leave it in. <laughs> you said, "Hey, that 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 was good, Jesse. That's a good play on words." What did you think the play on words was? <laughs> Frankenstein. 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 It sounds like you're trying to talk the about... The Yeah, the Berenstein Bears. The Falkenstein Bears. <laughs> All right, the Falkenstein <laughs> Bears. What we're going to do, and as I said, Baron, you're, you're going to be a core part of this. We need to create the ultimate Adelaide Crows franchise player. Think of this as a my player creation, sure, if you will. So we split it up into four sections. We've got head, which is vibes and hair. Mm-hmm. We've got body, tackles and strength. The arms, marks, and handballs. Yep. Legs, kicking and running. Okay. So we'll start off where all good, all good, my players start. Get their head right. I got to say, I, I want to. I want to throw. I am not the authority, but based on my knowledge of current Adelaide players, Josh Rochelle. Yes. I was. I was actually going to say for vibes and hair, it's got to be Rory Sloan. Yes, that's where Rory's, I'm going. I think Rory, Rory Sloan well. with the long blonde hair, long blonde hair, and yep. he just seems like such a nice, chill yeah. dude. He, he, to me, the Rory Sloan face and the long blonde hair is like Adelaide epitomized. Yep. He, he's, he's Adelaide on a on a summer's evening. <laughs> <laughs> he's a cool man. See, I like that because you know as well, uh, as this ultimate player grows up, he really gets a haircut that you can set your watch to. Exactly. <laughs> uh, he might he might also be missing a couple of eyes, but, you know. <laughs> also, like, when it comes to the vibes, he seems like a genuine dude. I mean, you, there are some players on Adelaide's list currently, maybe some who are known for their haircut, maybe they have a moustache, maybe they're a full forward named Taylor Walker. Who don't have the right vibes nowadays? <laughs> Something's thrown off. Something, maybe, something maybe happened. some specific incidents. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Who's to say? Who's, Who's to, to say? say? 
allegedly, 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 allegedly had some incidents. But Rory Sloan, good dude, good dude alert, Rory Sloan. (laughs) He was the, also in that, um, he was a part of that- Amazon series. The Amazon series, yeah. which I absolutely loved. I'm annoyed that they didn't do a second season. Um, Rory Sloan was one of the players who was in that, and he was great. That wait, was the what, first time I what really Amazon saw- series? I've have told you, you to the, watch it so many times. Yeah. Oh, wait, the AFL? Is it, is it, wait, is it wait, Making the really Mark? Short? Yeah, Making the Mark. Making their Mark, making I think it is. Mark, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that was the first time- that I really like got to see sort of like Rory Sloan, right? Because you kind yeah, of see too. him be like face of a club, captain, um, you know, leader. You're like, okay, like, you know, he, he looks all right. He seems like a really good dude, talks really well. And then seeing that other side of him, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. about that. I can get behind you. I support you. I love you. The main takeaways from that that series were Rory Sloan, good dude. Stewie Jew, good dude. Nick Get a Nat, bit of fucking fighting, yeah. Bit of, bit of an odd dude. Leon Cameron, not a good dude. <laughs> they were the main takeaways from that series. So, we're, we're going to stick with Rory Sloan for vibes and hair. Blonde hair, ver- long hair version. Yeah, yes. long hair. Yeah, yes. oh, I'll make a note of it here. Rory Sloan, a long haired version. Like in the, we can't, we can't like throw in the, new Rory Sloan into the, into the Falcon Stain or whatever you call it, the case. Falcon Stain. It's like in the WWE games when you'd... Uh, you'd you could have like Triple H and then Triple H 0304. You've got Rory Sloan in a particular era. Yep. Or you just end up throwing uh, gold dust paint on everyone's face. So that they <laughs> I look- like in our notes, you got Rory Sloan LH version, like in a Taylor <laughs> Swift song. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor's version, I'll put next to it. Not Wilkins. Um, so, cool. should we move on? Tackles and strength. Baron, I got to be honest, I don't, I don't have anyone off the top of my head. Who who's your first thought when you think of tackling strength for an Adelaide Crows player? Past, present? Uh Dangerfield, because he was a strong son of a bitch. Yeah. Um Endurance as well. Scott yeah. Thompson, but I'm more inclined for that that's an arm man. That when you think of arms, you think of Scott Thompson. The man who exclusively did bicep curls in the gym. Nothing else. <laughs> Are there other exercises? Really, what's the point? Because <laughs> Um, tackling. Oh, Neil Craig would be going loving this sort of stuff at the moment. Uh, Robert Shirley was a pretty good tackler. Um, but yeah, I reckon Dangerfield off the top of my head. We'll go for Dangerfield. Dangerfield also. does seem to have like a full package. I think when it comes to like body tackling, just really getting that. He's just powerful. Yeah, Plucky. exactly. Full package isn't actually something we have on this list. Um. <laughs> It's in the DLC. I guess it, when we I guess get the legs. legs. <laughs> yeah. See, Dangerfield's um, body, because that's where the heart is. I do like Robert Shirley as well. Lean lean dude in the body. It also has big arms. Yeah. Is that the, is that the same guy? Is that the same guy or was it the middle guy? <laughs> There's a lot of names I'm learning. I'm learning and we're listening. All right. We'll go with Dangerfield. Now. Now we move on to arms. Here's where you shine, Baron. Marks, handballs, Jesse, Chris, throwing it out to everyone on the floor here. I can't mark or handball, so I wouldn't pick me. <laughs> you also don't play for the Adelaide Crom. The night is good. Uh, if we're going handballs, Andrew Jarman, you're probably taking in terms of mm. handballing. Mm. Uh, marking, uh, Modra, Tippett. Uh, if, you're, if you're going for show, we, we go Scott Thompson, obviously, as we said before. Um, yeah. I think that, I think that for, for marks, purely for the spectacle sake of it, it would have to be Modra. Yeah. Yeah, I would go for Modra as well, as long as you go with who I hope you go for for legs. <laughs> okay. Right, that's an easy one. <laughs> let's get to legs and let's see if Jesse's right. <laughs> kicking, running ability. Who's on those legs? Uh, kicking, running ability, you could definitely pick Brody Smith. Uh, he can run and he can hoof it. Okay. Um, that's actually a poly. Quite a good pick, actually. Yeah. Uh, what about um for just out of ease of like we were talking about Andrew McLeod earlier and y- just yep like kicking efficiency and just being able to find a target and just running ability and endurance probably Def- up there. Yeah, definitely. Actually, yeah, no, I like McLeod better than than Smith. Fuck off, Brady Smith. You're uh, <laughs> dead to me. Um, <laughs> Jesse, who were you thinking of? Yeah, I'm dying to find out. I want to see Eddie Betts kick some goals, baby. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
Come on. I'm trying to think of one who could do both because you're talking about so, uh, are we separating them or we, we, we do we want the full package of both running look, and kicking? It's a, a Frankenstein. Better... Or is it one leg of each? <laughs> we could do two legs. No, it has to be, it has to be both legs. I, like I don't know if we've got any, enough electricity to do all this. Any best legs on Dangerfield's body? Very fun. Yeah. <laughs> With and you like, Sloan's you look, hair. it's like, hey, that's that's not right. Like, that's out of proportion. But then you see Rory, uh, Rory Sloan's luscious locks, and you're yeah. like, I, I forget it all. Yeah. Is, <laughs> Suddenly it doesn't life. matter, and life is so much simpler. Exactly. I also don't hate, in terms of kicking ability, Jordan Dawson. Yes. Yeah. Has oh. really, a really nice, accurate kick. Sydney dropped the bag so hard with Dawson. I, I love that Dawson is thriving for you guys. Absolutely. He's, he's one of my favorites. Absolutely love Jordan Dawson. All right. So we do need to lock it in. We'll throw it down to a vote. Jesse? I'm actually changing my, my idea to Jordan I'm Dawson. changing my vote to Dawson. <laughs> Chris? I would go with McLeod. Why is this one a vote and the rest weren't? Because we had we had multiple names and everybody threw out a different name, Eddie. Betts. <laughs> Eddie Betts. And now we're all just going to vote for the one we threw out. Uh, oh God, yeah, you put me on the spot now. I can't pick. Um... <laughs> pick those legs. Oh, yeah. Let me think of them. Um, <laughs> okay, we'll go for Andrew McLeod. Yeah, uh, look, despite throwing Jordan Dawson out there, I'm also going to pick Andrew <laughs> McLeod. Yeah, so look, it's, it's, it's the guest vote. <laughs> yeah, he gets, he gets really? three. We should have like a specialty, um, like special skill. Because then we could have Eddie Betts for special comments. Yeah. <laughs> so every player we make has a special special ability. Jesse adding in a specific, an extra thing to get Eddie Betts <laughs> hey, in there. I'm just giving myself work. What does it matter? Yeah. There's no, there's no rules with the Falcon stain. So the Falcon stain. There is actually a line in, in this sheet which has disappeared. Oh, wait. I just moved over to the side. I can add in <laughs> special abilities. Okay. <laughs> Should we okay. add in? This is. Listeners, this is a podcast being created live. I mean, I guess it already was, but this is a segment being reconstructed live. It's not going to be live when you hear special it. Special abilities. Do we add a special ability category? And we can put in Eddie Betts as special comments. He's pretty good at it. Put it in as like as like a, a skill modifier, <laughs> like like a skill plate. He's your right. power up. Is it anyone? Anyone ever play NBA Two uh, K? You get like the um, is it the the badges? Yeah, yeah. That modify your abilities just a little bit better. Yeah, put Eddie Betts in that. Give a special modifier. Yeah, I feel like we almost need like a a, a Falkenstein that's like the good one, and then the Falkenstein that's the evil. And like on the evil, you'd have <laughs> okay, the special abilities. And the Falkenstein. <laughs> you'd have the Mark Rusciuto special abilities, and then you'd have like Taylor Walker. Yeah, but his commentary and... special abilities. Yeah, he's oh, no. definitely his commentary. Good it's player. like the monkey paw version. Like you get yeah. Mark Rusciuto, but you have to listen to him commentate games as well while he plays. <laughs> yeah, like... You get Mark Rusciuto, but it's 2019. Yeah. <laughs> I like how almost every club you can look at it. It's like, oh, that player was good, but fuck, they can't commentate. <laughs> <laughs> like Job, I love you, Job. Oh. <laughs> You're a great man, well. great man. You deserve that brown loaf. However, yeah. and this is ironic coming from me, but step away from the mic. <laughs> <laughs> so, round it out. The Falkenstein Adelaide player. <laughs> Head, vibes and hair of Rory Sloan, LH version, long hair. Thank you. The body of Patrick Dangerfield. The arms of Tony Modra. The legs of Andrew McLeod. And special modifier, Eddie Betts for abilities, special comments. I'm happy with that. Yeah. A that's a franchise player, baby. Done. That's a, like, I was going to say, that's a player you'd build a club around. Yeah, of course it is. You've picked five <laughs> greatest players to ever play. Top five. Ever ball. Well, yeah. that's, you wouldn't choose the worst ones to make a Falcon <laughs> hey, Look, if we, if we can't get a patch on the Essendon one and you guys are forced to interview me, oh boy, <laughs> Kyle Remus is going to have a time in the sun. <laughs> Kyrie with special ability boots and having a bitch. Uh, Sam Wiedemann. <laughs> Sam Wiedemann. <laughs> For arms. Okay. So, we'll round this out. Baron, what do the Adelaide Crows AFLM? Because Drew's still out in AFLW. You guys are well in the race. And I think you have a fantastic like shot at getting that premiership for season eight. So, results pending on that one. But I think it'll definitely be close. If you're not in the grand final, you'll at least be in a prelim. But what do the AFLM team need to do to win 2024? What do you want to see from them? 
It just needs to be consistency where we still have those large patches of games where we dominate and don't put anything on the scoreboard to show for it. Um, and anytime you give good teams like Collingwood, you know, enough space that they can come back, they will. They've shown they've done it so many times now. You've you've got to put a team down when you have the opportunity to put a team down. So I forgot that happened to you twice. Oh, I was sick as twice. a dog the second time too, and I dragged myself to the game. Oh, no. And I didn't want to be there. And I wasn't happy, and then we lost, and I had to drag my sorry self back to my hotel room where I then spent the next 12 hours feeling crook as. Um, it's not an enjoyable experience. Every time I go to MCG, it's goddamn misery for me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that um, you guys were very typical of a young team this season in that you just ran out of legs towards the end of games a lot. Yeah. You played well for the first three quarters and then just got tired in the end. Yeah. And um, and so that's hopefully something that'll improve with another preseason yeah. and everyone talks about Darren Burgess and and what, and what a gun he oh, is. Yeah. So um I think compared to who we've employed in that role previously like uh Brettman um we're certainly uh, uh well look after well looked after there. So with that we'll round this out. Baron, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Baron Von Crow, um, and and that's it now. That's the only place I am. Uh, I don't actually exist in this real space time continuum. Uh, I'm just on Twitter, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find the Falcon of Footy Podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Falcon Footy Pod. Jesse, you can find Jesse at Jesse Banner on Twitter. Uh, you can find Chris at Larry underscore sixteen. You can find myself at Quantum JC. We're part of the Story Mode Podcast Network, so you can check out our sister shows, Love Letters, hosted by Jesse. Yeah. I mean, and, well, I had to off, but yeah. <laughs> hey, there's still episodes out there. Go listen. They're beautiful. Go listen to them. Yeah. And our other sister show, Dialogue Options. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next week. Baron, thank you so much once again for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. I've had a great time with you guys. Jesse, Chris, I'll see you next week. Or whatever. Go Crows! Frankenstein. Crom. You gotta go like, oh, oh, oh.